And here we are, week one, season two of the Kerrville Small Business Network podcast. Mike Taylor here. And John Barrera. And we have a very special guest to kick off season two. And we've been talking to you. And uh, just what you've said in the past minute, I know this is going to be an extremely good podcast that we do on this one. We have Denny Foster from Hill Country Lighting in the studio. Good morning, Denny. How's it going? Good morning. Thanks for having me. So uh, you, you're... How long have you lived in in the Texas Hill Country? I moved here in 89. In 89. So you've been here for 31, 32 years. Going on 32 years. Yeah. 32 years. So yeah. I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in this area in the past 32 years. Oh, yeah. If, if I would have bought 50 acres in Bernie when I moved here, I'd be retired and a very wealthy man. I used to be able to buy land in Bernie for like $1,000 an acre back then. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. It oh was my. crazy. Yeah. It was just so everything has changed and grown so much. That is wild. You know about that real estate. Oh real yeah, estate yeah. There. Um, so you have Hill Country Lighting. I do. And uh, have you owned other businesses throughout the Texas Hill Country? I have. Um, also uh, Benjamin Moore Paint across the street from us. Okay. And uh, I owned Lemon Tree Cleaners for eleven years. Okay. And um, I owned the soap opera uh, uh, laundromats for several years, and um, I've had a real estate. Uh, company where we've just redone some houses and things so i've done quite a few diff- different things i didn't know that mr foster yeah and i didn't know that either i mean y- your name is everywhere throughout the texas i've seen your name denny foster i mean on everything for a long time right. I mean, since i've been here about 10 years and and i've been seeing denny foster i mean repeatedly and i didn't i've never met you today's the first time we ever met but uh you you have you have a lot of business experience owning that many businesses and uh for that reason alone and i mean what i heard you talking about a couple minutes ago you know your stuff so um you know a lot of times it's baptism by fire you get to learn things as you go and i've been very fortunate to have some really good advisors and friends that have led me along the way so you know and everybody needs that everybody has to have a good set of advisors you know yeah and people you trust uh people that are successful you know, uh, we used to joke about uh, if you ever been to Denny's or Jim's, there's always three guys in the back, always taking notes, and they look like they're uh, trying to put something together. And they all walk out, and they're they don't really have jobs, and they get into old cars and they drive away. But they're the first ones that want to give you advice, and they're the last ones you should get advice <laughs> from. <laughs> right, right, and they're chocked full of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about before we get into the, you know, and and you brought uh, a lot of lot of uh, topics to talk about, or a lot of a lot of things about starting a small business and owning a small business, and uh, but tell us a little bit about Hill Country Lighting first. Yeah, so it's been in business for over thirty years, and we bought it uh, last January, and of course we bought it right before COVID hit, but we actually used that downtime to redo the showroom and get all the processes in place, rework the the warehouse, barcode everything, put in automated systems and new accounting systems. So we spent the last year really building a great foundation that when the market takes off again, and it, and it is, it's taken off, custom mm-hmm. home building is really picking up, uh, that we're leveraged and we're right in there ready to take advantage of that. So if I'm building a custom house, and I want to go pick out some great lighting fixtures and that kind of thing. Hill Country Lighting is definitely the place to go to check for those. Absolutely. We have everything yes. from the, the stuff that competes with Home Depot to one-of-a-kind pieces that are ridiculously expensive. Just, I mean, people building custom houses that put in, you know, ten or $20,000 individual fixtures. 
So, that is that is it, it's amazing. Some of it's just beautiful. It's like art. I it, mean, is. it really is. And if you can if you can do it and you want those really nice fixtures in your house, now you know that Hill Country Lighting is a place to 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 be able to do that and to find those locally. Absolutely. And we there's nothing that we can't get. We we sell so many different manufacturers and we our warehouse and our showroom just can't handle or hold all of it. We would need something about the size of a football field to put them all in there. That's but, awesome. But we have uh pictures and catalogs and websites that we can go to, to to find you exactly what you want so you come in and you say you know i kind of like something rustic but i want something also that you know looks new and fresh you know i like something round okay we can take all that information and we have two designers on staff and that's all they do is take what you tell them and go mold and fixed and and produce some options for you to look at and turn it into reality absolutely deliver it to your door that's amazing. Yeah, you walk in and it is it is mesmerizing. You even drive by, and the lighting coming from inside is just it's it's beautiful, man. It, it's great. Thanks, so, John. So yeah, go absolutely. check it out. I mean, if you're driving around town, you want something to go check out. Go check out because they might have something that you fall in love with right there and want to take home and and get installed or install yourself. Well, it's funny. Just one fixture in the room, just changing out a ceiling fan or a light, can change the whole dynamic of the room, and that's pretty cool. You can, uh, I'd put a new fan in my living room and it changed the living room look completely. I took a picture of it before and I took a picture of it after with the new fan in there and it just changed the whole, whole feeling of the room. So just one item, you know, they call, they call lighting and fans, the jewelry of the house. Yes. It's that what, makes sense. Yeah. It's the bling. So, you know, if, if you're going to cut corners, it's never going to be very eye catching, but if you put some nice pieces in strategic places, it really makes a statement. And really put some thought into it. Absolutely. For sure. All right. So uh, you, you came, uh, you know, this is the Kerrville Small Business Network <laughs> podcast to where people that are starting small businesses or have started small businesses or own small business, it's a resource for them to listen to so they can get business advice. So, and, and we, we've, we talked to a lot of business owners in the Texas Hill Country. Uh, this is the first episode of season two. And you, you came with a list of stuff to talk about today. Yeah, um, and we kind of touched on it a little bit already, but, um, you know, one of the things that when you're starting a business or if you've started one and you're struggling, make sure you have really good advisors. Make sure you got a great accountant or CPA. Make sure you got a good lawyer that has your back. And, you know, you need a lawyer to, to draw up all your documents, to buy the business, et cetera. Um, you need a good banker that understands your business is going to partner with you that is going to stop by and say, what can we do to help you? Not where's your loan payment, right? Right, you right. You need somebody that is going to look at your business strategically with you and say, when you go to them and say, hey, I have a new product I want to offer, but I need some money for inventory. That they understand your business well enough that understand why you want to go into that line of business. So having those, and then other successful business people, not only in your field, but just general business. Business is business. Once you learn how to run a business, it doesn't matter if it's a lighting store or shoe store all the basics are the same, right? There's nuances for every business, but the basics right. are the same. So find yourself people you can call and talk to. Um, so if you're, I'm just going to, you know, make a, uh, if you're a dry cleaner, like I was, you find dry cleaners outside your market that are very successful and you call and you talk to them, you get to know them and you find out what they're doing. And, uh, and there's a good chance if it's working for them, then it'll work here. Yeah. I've always said, I don't need to recre recreate the wheel. I don't need yeah. to be, I don't need to come up with all the good ideas. I just need to copy every good idea that, that is out there 
and come up with one good idea to put me over the top. I've heard that so, so many times. Just, you know, you find who's doing the best and you try to copy them. Just copy them. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to plagiarize. <laughs> <laughs> What's that called? In the radio business, we have a word for it. I forgot what it's called. I, I forgot. I'll By the end of this podcast, it'll come it should, to you. Yeah, come to my, or, or it'll happen when I'm asleep tonight. Yeah. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, that's what it was. But there's a, uh, it, I forgot what the name of the word, but we, we used to use that concept a lot because radio is kind of the same way. I mean, there's different bits that you, you hear across the country and you're like, how can I kind of make that my own? And, and still kind of use that bit. Right, without infringing on a copyright or something like that, yeah. Right, or there's, you know, I build websites too. So people are like, I've heard people say, oh, don't use WordPress because that's not a custom-built website. But what you do, that's the wheel. WordPress right. is the wheel on that. And then you take it and you customize it, and they have great security on there and, and different things you can do. You're not reinventing. You don't go and when you, when you get a car, you don't go and build your tires from scratch. Right. You get really good tires to put on your car. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, you know, some of the other things that I did that w really helped me be successful was when I found those people that were really good at certain things in the business, I benchmarked against them. So, like, I might find the person who has the best cost of goods sold. Okay. I might find somebody that has the best percent of revenue to payroll, right? Yeah. I might find somebody whose uh, net profit is stellar and I find out what they're doing to get to those things. And then I can measure my business against each of those different items and whatever your business is, it, it, it depends on what you want to measure. Right. But there's some basics, right? How many people does it take to do a job to create X amount of revenue, those types of things. So do I have too many people? Am I paying too many salaries? Am I paying too much for the revenue that I'm bringing in? And you benchmark yourself against those because, again, why reinvent the wheel? Mm -hmm. If you can figure out what they're doing, you can recreate it and then just come up with that one good idea. Um, the other thing that I always looked at was what other products are people in my like business offering? So if I run into somebody and they're really successful doing this, but they also are they have a vertical market of some kind or they're offering a different product, I'm going to look into that, right? I'm going to see – Okay, how are they making that? How are they tying those two product lines together? Or how are they tying that product line in their existing business? Because the whole goal is always to grow your your revenue, right? Right, right. Year over year, you want to grow your revenue. Well, in a, in a market like Kerrville, which is growing, but it's not like San Antonio or Houston where you have this flood of people coming in every day to your store or, or you know, the, the market is so much larger down there. You have to think of other things you can offer the same customer. Right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, Curve, the, this area is not exploding population-wise. I mean, it, it has, it's pretty pretty steady. On, it's pretty slow-growing as far as population. I know a lot of people moved here after Hurricane Harvey and that kind of thing, but it's still, I mean, compared to some other places, well, and there's not a whole lot of housing here for that, though, either, right. for them to be able to move to. So well, that's, you, you have a captive already, audience of about 50, or, I'm sorry, 25,000 in Kerrville, right? Yeah. Well, right. a captive audience in San Antonio is 1.2 million. So a lot. you Mom. don't have to get as big a market share to have more customers there. So you got to figure out how do I increase my market share and my presence with the, with the smaller amount of customers. Makes sense because it's going to be repeat business that, that makes your business thrive. Absolutely. It has to be in this market. It, especially in Kerrville. You've, you've got to get repeat business here. You've got to figure out, you know, they, people don't buy lights every day but 
builders do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might change out a fan. We want you to think of Hill Country Lighting as soon as you need a new fan or a new light or whatever. So, you know, that's one of our goals is to brand in the market and have us as the top thought in your head when I go, oh, I need a, a crazy weird light bulb. Oh, Hill Country Lighting has that. I can go there. They can't, if they don't have it, they'll get it for me. Kind of like Gibson's is done. Uh, if you can't get it at Gibson's, you really don't <laughs> yeah. need it. I mean, <laughs> they have everything. <laughs> so, Denny, um, when when you came into the studio today, uh, you met two new people, and they already they already knew your name. They already heard of you. And we were talking before that even happened about marketing, and they probably heard of you because of your marketing in town. So, how important is marketing to you, and how many different how many different ways do you reach people? Well, marketing is and uh, branding of your company name is hugely important. You have to have people think of you first. And the only way to do that is by getting your name out there. So we use social media. We use Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. Yeah. Um, we're using um, several different magazines in town. Um what else are we doing? A uh, website. We have a website that we put everything on. We are doing a virtual tour with you, John, Absolutely. and put it out there, not only on Facebook, but on our website. And we've got a lot of response from that. So um, we're doing, we're involved in the buy local, uh, buy local um, uh, campaigns, campaigns, that, yeah. et cetera, things like that. So, um, and in honestly, in Kerrville, it's really hard to find a single vehicle that works perfectly. Be involved in your community. Get on yeah, boards, huge. Um, volunteer for committees. I, I can't tell you the number of things that I've been involved in, and that's really why you've heard my name. Mm -hmm. Oh, he owns Limitry Cleaners, but he was involved in the chamber, and he was involved in Christmas lighting, and he was involved in the stock show, and he was involved with um, uh, Kerfest, and he was involved with the chamber banquet. And, you know, all those things, people get to know you. So people want to do business with people they know, right? Right. When I need insurance, I pick up the phone for people that I know and I call my friends, mm -hmm. the people that I associate with and say, can you give me a quote on this? If because, I, need... we, I mean, we know them, we trust them, exactly. and we know that they'll do us right. 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 And, yeah. and people appreciate community involvement. I, I truly believe that. In this town, you really, if, if you're in business, you need to be involved in your community. It's what it comes down to. If you look at the successful businesses in town, they have one or two people that are involved in all different types of things. Everything from Habitat from Humanity to um, Christian Women, Women's Job Corps. Yeah. Um, you know, your church. All, all those things are really important for your business. Yeah. Gem Broadcasting, Mike FM, um, Rev FM, community involvement, you know. That, that's that's a big deal with y'all, right? And that's one thing Justin is huge on here. I mean, we, we do so many community. I mean, every week. It's something, and we do some stuff that, I mean, we don't tell anybody, and that's, that's one thing about jam broadcasting is we don't, we don't tell people <laughs> a lot of the things we do, which is cool, you know, and he's been told by, by numerous people, Hey, you should toot your own horn a little bit. And he's like, no, I just like doing, doing it the way I'm doing it, you know? Well, and I guarantee it's recognized in the community. It's, it's really important yeah. community involvement. It, it, as much money as you spend on advertising, which is important. Your community involvement probably is a better return. Yeah. In, in this market. Yeah. Not in every market, but in this market, being involved, people know you, people are going to do business with people they know, and that's what it comes down to. I sound like a broken record, but that's, it's yeah. the, but the, that's the, truth. the model. I mean, and that's what people need to hear. Right. 
you know, and if we get more people on doing community involvement, that's even a better thing for, for the, this area, you know, so. There's so many fun things to be involved with. Right now I'm on the uh, committee for uh, Mardi Gras on Maine. We're revitalizing it after it being dead for a couple of years. We're going to be uh, hosting it at the Arcadia theater. And I'm on, awesome. the, I'm on the committee for that. And uh, we got a, a group coming in, a Zydeco band from Austin that is fantastic. Um, you know, and it's fun, right? It's fun to be involved in these events. Yeah. It's fun to be, oh, you were, you were on that committee or I saw you there. It's a great thing. So there was a song that came on this morning that was eight minutes long. And I'd never heard the song before. I didn't remember the name of it, but there was a song because Mike FM has a huge library on it. And I was like, man, this reminds me of live music. And I was like, man, I really miss live music. And that band that I saw down on Earl Garrett a couple years ago, which I think was the same band that's going to be here. That was the band that that song reminded me of where I was sitting back, just chilling out, jamming, listening to music. I don't remember who the band was a couple years ago on Earl Garrett. But this band is Dr. Zog. Okay, maybe it's a different one. Yeah. And they are uh, rated the best Zydeco band out of Austin. And um, you can go onto YouTube. They have a website. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, we can get The we, music, yeah, the music is really good. And the Arcadia is a really fun thing to be involved with. You know, Larry Howard, he is the, oh, who's yeah. a business owner and very involved in the community. He's the president of that of that board now. And uh, we've had, we have a live show there every uh, Saturday night. Uh, and I just, I encourage everybody to go check out the Arcadia. It's fantastic. Larry yeah. Howard is a good man. He's a, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. He's a good guy. We, we should have him on. He, he does a lot in the community. He does. I he mean, does. He's so. business savvy too. Not just the Arcadia real estate. Um, you know, real estate is the first thing that comes to mind with me. Larry's a good businessman. Yes. He's he one is. of those people that I would put on my list of good advisors, you yes. know, so speaking of, of the list here, you, there's a lot more that you have on there that you haven't, haven't gotten to yeah. as far as, as ways to really thrive with your business, with your small business in, in Kerrville area. So I have probably looked at no less than 100 businesses to buy. And the biggest problem when I look at a business is small business owners don't keep good books and they steal from themselves. And you're going to like, what do you mean they steal from themselves? If you don't report every dime that comes through your business, you're costing yourself money in the long run. You have to have three years of good records. When I look at a business, I want to look at the tax return, the sales tax receipts, and the P&L balance sheet, of course, too. Mm -hmm. Those three things really should, not really should, they absolutely should match. They should match. Out of 100 businesses I've looked at, probably 85 didn't. Wow. And they want X amount for their business and they say, but I, you know, I, I take a little under the table from myself. Well, that's mm -hmm. great. But how do I go to the bank and say, trust me, this guy's stealing money from himself and he's worth me paying this. Exactly. You can't do it. So yeah. even if you want to buy the business, the bank, unless you have cash, the bank's not going to loan you money on stuff that he's saying, Hey, by the way, it's under the table, you know? So run your business every day. Like it's for sale. Make sure your books are in order. Uh, I cannot tell you, uh, how much money you will make yourself if you do that. You're going to feel like, oh, well, I'm going to pay more taxes now. The taxes are a small, small amount compared to the, the money you're leaving on the table when you sell your business. Because all that money adds up over time. People Absolutely. don't people don't realize how much a little here and a little there. And yep. next thing you know, I mean, it, it turns into a lot of money. And, and basically, you're just cheating mm -hmm. yourself out of, right. out of that it, when you go to sell. If you're going to pay for your car 
out of your business, okay, just make sure you have a line item on there that you can justify and you can show where this is my personal car, I've been paying for it, I can add that back in at the end. So I'm not saying that you don't use the business to uh, help yourself personally. Right. You do, but you have to quantify it. You have to keep good records of it. And that is, if you're just paying it and not keeping track of it, you can't add that back to the bottom line. So if you made $100,000 and your car payment was 10000 and you didn't, you didn't report that, you didn't keep good records of it, you really should be 110000 right? Right. So times three, so you're going to get 300000 or 330000 Exactly. That's a big chunk. It's a big mm -hmm. chunk. Yeah. Mr. Foster, when, when you get into a business venture, whether it be buying a business or starting a business, is your end goal to sell? Absolutely. The first thing I think about when I buy a business is what's my exit strategy? I need to know how I'm going to get out of it. Am I going to sell it? Am I going to um, uh, grow it and uh, try to sell it to a franchise? Am I going to sell it to an individual? Um, how am I going to get out of this? Because at one point, I'm, I'm going to want to do something else, right? So I start every business with an exit plan. And I start every business with unbelievably good books. I, I have a bookkeeper and all she makes sure everything's put in there. We don't take a penny out of the cash drawer without putting it down on paper. So um, run your business every day like it's for sale, or you're going to donate it to your, or, you know, give it to your son or something. But but run it every day like it's for sale from mm. day one. It'll it'll pay off in spades. I promise. It'll that's a, a that'll be a game changer for a lot of people. Absolutely. And, and it's not too late to start. No. I mean, you know, the, the best time to plant a tree, right, was 20 years ago, but the second best day is today. So right, exactly. If you're not doing it, you can do these things. You can start doing them now. Yep. It's going to take a little while to get everything lined out, but you're going to be way better off in three years from today than you were Right, because today. if you wait another three years, you're looking at six years before you can sell. Absolutely. You know, but yep. if you start today, you're looking at three, so... It's never too early. Never too early. And, you know, uh, th and these are easy things, but we've, for whatever reason, when people start businesses, they get bad advice from time to time. And, and more often than not, they're, they're all, they've always been taught that you just keep taking money out. You don't report it. You don't pay taxes on it. You know, you just put it in your pocket. And that is the worst thing you can do for yourself in the long run. So would you rather leave an empire of a business to a loved one or would you rather leave the knowledge of how to buy and s grow and sell a business to a loved one well you can bankrupt a business you can never bankrupt knowledge right so uh knowledge is way more important than than the money if you can teach somebody how to make money they can make money doing anything so right now if 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 you lost everything god forbid the knowledge you have right now would you be worried well, it would feel good for well, sure. Of but course, I, but I feel confident that with what I've learned over my life, that it would take a while, but I could build it back. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome because a lot of people they have no idea what they do. No, I mean, mm -mm. I mean the other part of that too is no matter what business I've had, I never felt like there was any job that was beneath me. If the toilets need cleaned, I'll clean the toilets. Yes, yeah. I, I, no, no work is beneath me, right? But you build a business hoping that it little by little the business is set up so well 
that you have to spend less time in it. You go do something else, whether that's play golf or start another business or go fishing, whatever it might be. But you build the system so that business ends up taking care of you. But if you get a call in the middle of the night and the toilet's overflowing, guess what? I'm going to fix the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's mine. Ultimately, it's mine and it's 100% my responsibility. So, um, you know, if, if you think you're going to start a business and you're just going to walk away from it, let it run itself, you're wrong. It's the wrong it's the wrong way to wrong you be, way to approach it. You've got to be all in, hundred percent in. Right, absolutely. That means nights. That means weekends. That means going without a paycheck sometimes. Yeah. When things are rough, you're the first one that doesn't get paid. You're, in fact, you're the only one that doesn't get paid. Everybody mm-hmm. else has to get paid. So you got to be willing to make those sacrifices to get through it. So I've been reading a lot about um, creating systems, and uh, a lot of a lot of these entrepreneurs. You know, they start out doing the job themselves and then they hire somebody and then, you know, they hire a manager and then they take a step back and, and what, um, what step, I don't know. What, what do you think about, you know, systems and, and, you know, creating your system? You know, when you buy a McDonald's franchise, all you're buying is a system, right? They're, they give you a binder, they teach you and they teach you the system. And systems are what it's all about. You know, I told you when we came in um, to Hill Country for the last year, we put systems in place. You know, right. we automated. Um, we redid the showroom. We did, redid computers. We put accounting systems in place. We did all the, the foundation stuff, and we have a process now. That's the franchise model, right? If somebody buys that business, I can hand them a binder and say, this is how we do things now. Um, when I had Lemon Tree, same thing. It took me a couple years, but we've we had – systems in place when i bought lemon tree we had 74 employees when it, when i left at the peak we had 32 employees and we had grown the business because we put systems in place to be more productive mm-hmm. so yeah you know if you can develop good systems you can teach people small parts of that system and they can become very good at that piece of it it's kind of like the guy at mcdonald's who flips hamburgers he knows exactly how long to, to flip it you know, everything is laid out for him. You put it on the grill for 10 to 15 seconds. You flip it, you leave it on there for another 10 to 15 seconds. You get the cheese, you put it on the bun. That's the same thing with any business. You have to have a system in order to follow. And once those systems are in place, you just replicate it. And that's, Absolutely. That, and that's your system. That's yep. your, and your once, op- operation. Once you build one store like that, you can take that and cookie cutter it into multiple locations. And that's what we did at Lemon Tree. We, we actually had six locations and every location I can move an employee to any location in any day and the systems were exactly the same. Everything we did was exactly the same. Everything was color coded the same. The process was the same. The steps were the same. So it makes it really easy for training. Yeah. And you sold lemon tree. I did. I sold it in 2017. Man. And you, and you reached that end goal. Huh? I did. It, that's a, that was a fun business to own and 11 years, I was ready to do something else. So, um, I took about almost a year off, um, thought I was going to be retired forever. And at six months I was bored out of mm-hmm. my mind. <laughs> That's what so, they say. Yeah. That's what yeah. they say. Yeah. I had cleared more brush on my ranch. I trimmed trees. I fixed track, you know, all the stuff I had neglected for years. Yeah. I did. And I looked down six months later, everything on my list was done. I was like, now what do I do? Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing. As we, we are uh, kind of drawn to the end of the, of the podcast here, 
Um, is there anything else that you, that is real pressing to get out to, to somebody starting a business or somebody running a, a business? Absolutely. I've, I have one business book that I recommend every business owner read, and it's called The Highest Calling, and it's by Lawrence Jansky. And it actually comes with a notepad. And you're supposed to read the chapters and write down your thoughts as you read it. It's by far the best business book you will ever read, and you don't even realize you're reading a business book while you're reading it. That's awesome. And it, it, it is, uh, it's amazing. I, I, I was in a business group, a business owners group here in town. We read that book together. We would come back and talk about each chapter, and it was, it was very eye-opening for every one of us, and I recommended it to more people that I can count. If you're in business or want to be in business, go get the book, The Highest Calling by Lawrence Jansky. It's on Amazon. Easy to find. Order it now. Order it now. Yeah, if you're, I, don't, I get no commission, but if you want to give me $10, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Affiliate marketing. <laughs> That's well, great. Awesome. Uh, Denny Foster, Hill Country Lighting. You're, you've been known around the Texas Hill Country since 1989 <laughs> in this area. Uh, John, do you have anything else to, I, to I, ask Denny? I just want to say we are honored to have you. Yeah, very honored. Really. Thank you, sir. We, we really do appreciate I, you coming in and being part of this. I'm and, honored to be asked to be here, so it's been fun. And my last question is, um, how, how much does your mentor mentorship program cost? <laughs> I was actually um, thinking the same thing a little while ago. Right? So. You know, man, I, I can actually recommend somebody here in town that actually does that for a living. And I used him. His name is Dennis Glenwinkle. He works for Massey Ishner. Dennis was the president of um, Shriner Bank when it was here. And he's got an MBA and he's one of the finest business people that I've ever met. And he does that. He's got 10 or 12, 15 different businesses that he does that for. Sits down with you a couple times a month, goes through your books, helps you set goals. He is fantastic at it. So Dennis Glenwinkle. Wow. That's great. awesome. Uh, Mr. Foster, thank you for coming. Really. Hey, thanks for having me. It was great. Uh, so this is week one, season two of the Kerrville Small Business Podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Foster, for coming in and, and uh, being a guest on the podcast today. And uh, make sure you share this with anybody out there. It doesn't have to be just Kerrville also. It can be anybody out there that's starting a small business, uh, especially people in Kerrville. Get this out to them if they're starting a small business or if they're small business owners so they can they can listen to this. And, uh, and we wish you nothing but the greatest success, right, John? Yeah, anybody from a million-dollar real estate agent to somebody in their home making bracelets and selling them, you know, anybody and everybody starting or in business in the Hill Country. All right, that's going to do it for week one. Thank you. Hey, thank you.